are very important times. I believe that a convention is not put together because it is the end of the year and we want you to come together now. It's the pivotal time when the body of Christ, when Christians, when the children of God come together to celebrate the greatness of our God. The glories, the joys, the victories, the deliverances. I'm coming from a place where even just today, 40,000 people have been infected with COVID-19. We have over 70,000 deaths. I know great men and women who are more holier than I am, who pray more than I do. They have been infected. You and I are standing here not because you look good, not because you are more righteous than the Christian who has it. The grace of God has kept us. It's the one to you. I don't know singing now so our great helper our way maker the great shepherd oh and the jinaha was a yeah yeah into my young former for me to fellowship in the house of God since March 
They logged us down. Nobody could go anywhere. In the first three months, you go on my street and it's just be me and my husband will be me or my daughter walking on the whole street. Dead silence. No churches functioning. We stay home. We watch things online. Oh. Hallelujah. It's a great honor and a privilege for me to stand in this great anointed altar. Declare the word of God. I don't take it for granted. It's a most privilege of mine. I thank God for the senior pastor, Reverend Dennis, his wonderful wife, great pastors, Reverend Dr. Emmanuel, and a wonderful uh, man of God, and all the women of God in this house. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I tell you, I came here um, a couple of weeks ago for my brother's wedding. I had no ministry assignments, but I was happy to come to get out of Great Britain. The infection is going up and up. Immediately the door opened. We bought our tickets. We said, we're going home. We're going home for some natural vitamin D. We need it. Hallelujah. What one I want pay we are. Those who are dying, most of them is due to lack of vitamin D. Because the vitamin D is the strength, the immunity that holds, fights against any viral infection that comes against you. That is why African is blessed. Africa is blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. So thank you, Jesus. End of year convention. It's a great privilege. I can't thank God enough. Hallelujah. To be asked to minister to you in the next three days. It's going to be super fanta brutal. Amazingly awesome time in the presence of God. We're going to break it down. Because you see, Jeremiah knows the frame of man. And so he made this profound statement. And I want to read that to you in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. He said, Oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. <laughs> it is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. The way of man is not in himself. When we come together in an annual convention, we are saying that, Lord, the way of man is not in himself. We don't know what is happening. It's going to happen even tomorrow. We don't know what is ahead of us. It is not in man. Who wants to know how to direct his own steps? But God does. And that is why he brings us together every year, especially getting to the end of the year, so that we will know how the Lord himself orders the steps of the righteous. Because his word says, the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. Hallelujah. So in the next three days, it's going to be very prophetic. It's going to be very directional and instructional. It's going to be a great time in His presence. You will finish this conference knowing and understanding the way you should go. Hallelujah. In the coming year, the coming year will not take you by, by surprise because God will show you how 
how to walk circumspectly. You will, before you put your foot down, you will know where to put your foot. Hallelujah. When you wake up, the instructions and the guidance of God will be very, very uh, um, uh, clear to you. There will not be any ambiguity in the decisions that you make because the Lord himself will show you how or where to walk in the name of Jesus. And so I thank God for this privilege to be part of this. The theme is, the theme is what? Sorry? No wonder what happened to Antibi. What your announcement on my Antibi? Wonder what happened to what's he? Making provision for what? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We are breaking this down to three wonderful sessions today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. And before I go into chapter 25 of the book of Matthew, you know the Bible wasn't written in chapters and in verses. It was a long scroll of message, of messages and scripture. It wasn't written in chapters as you and I will know now, or Matthew 1, or Mark 2, or Genesis chapter 1. It was all written together as a long message. Some of them were written in specific times and seasons, but it continued from where it left off. And so before we go into chapter 25 to talk about the, 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 the what? Knowing Ebaze. Knowing what? Making preparation for uh, extra oil. I want us to look at something quite profound. Because you see, to understand chapter 25 of the book of Matthew, you have to read chapter 24. Because chapter 24 is a backdrop to chapter 25. Without chapter 24, you will not be able to fully grasp what Christ intends to teach the church. Hallelujah. And so we're going to look at chapter 24. Because in chapter 24, in the verses 3, the disciples came to Jesus and they asked him, Lord, what? Tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming. (laughs) Three things. When these things will be two. And what will be the sign of your coming one, two, and the last one is, and the end of the age. So we have to know when all this is going to happen, how you and I will need and prepare ourselves for the extra oil. And the verse, and the second thing is, and the sign of your coming. Because the extra oil prepares us for the signs of the coming of Christ. And then finally, the end of times. This is very prophetic. You are in the place of the prophetic understanding. We have come to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ like the sons of Issachar. By the time we are done, we will know what we ought to do because we will understand the times and the seasons we dwell in. Hallelujah. If you don't have understanding in the times and the seasons that you and I find ourselves I tell you, 2022 is enough to give you a wake-up call. 
for you to understand that you cannot take any moment, any day, any time for granted. Because anything can happen to any one of us at any given time. And so the preparation of the church, of the body of Christ is quite pivotal to our readiness for that extra oil and also to be ready for the end times that God has spoken about by the prophets right from um, Daniel, even Moses talked about it, Daniel talked about it, Isaiah, Ezekiel, all the prophets talked about it, even the false prophet Balaam spoke about the end times. And so we want to look at chapter 24. Today we're going to talk about 24. Tomorrow we talk about 25. Hallelujah. And, uh, and the final thing in chapter 25 is how to use the talents and the abilities that God has given us to be fruitful and effective in the marketplace. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we're going to go. Let's read Matthew chapter 24. We're going to start from the verses 6. Talking about the signs of his coming. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. And there will be farmings, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to, to, to tribulation and kill you. And you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. <laughs> Please, I hope you are listening. And many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. God is talking to Christians, so please pay attention. That many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he will endure to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. Then the end will come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One can say. Because I need to hear the echo in the room to believe that you can hear my voice. My voice is a bit faint because I got carried away last week. I came with my sister in a wheelchair. My younger sister, I had to push, him, push her in a wheelchair in Heathrow to this country. And uh, her legs would not work. Her hands would not work. Suddenly, my beautiful young sister was crippled. Then, we got here on Thursday. Sunday morning, we have propped her up like some dead body. Every movement hurts. And in our morning devotion, I challenged and I commanded that foul spirit had her bound to leave her. In the morning, Sunday morning, she was so, so much in pain. She couldn't even speak because when she speaks, 
It's as though her chest, the collarbone was splitting apart. By 3 p.m. that day, she was up. She was walking. Hallelujah. And she still is. And I worshipped. I screamed. And I worshipped. By the time I finished, my voice was to the glory of God. Oh yeah, so The Lord of hosts, the Almighty God. Oh hallelujah. The great physician. Now she's walking. I went to her, she was I said, Ha, are you wearing these high heels? Hey. Even I can't work walk in this. It is the doing of the Lord and it's marvelous in our sight. The God you and I serve. He's a healer. He's a great one. Hallelujah. And so what happens in Matthew chapter 24, we are going to look at every aspect of it so that you and I will understand what Jesus meant in chapter 25 with the extra oil. Because without the 24, understanding the difficult and the dangerous times we find ourselves. Dearly beloved, Jesus talked about wars, and the rumors of wars. I'm here to tell you that the Great War, the Second World War, apparently it's called the Great War. That Second World War alone took 65 million souls. 65 million people perished in one war. Just one. One. Millions and millions and millions of people have perished in wars. And Jesus prophesied that it was going to happen. And that is why it is important that every aspect of these chapters, we take it seriously because it's going to happen just as Christ said it. That two people will be sleeping on the same bed. One will be taken and one will be left. Two people will be on the field. One will be taken and one will be left. It is only that extra oil that you hold you and will give you the strength and the grace to withstand everything so that when Christ comes, you will not be found wanting. And so I need you to understand chapter 24 so that by the time we get to 25, you are ready. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says, oh, well, the Bible says, Statistics says that many people died in earthquakes in every year, about 60,000 people die through earthquakes. Farming, Jesus also talked about farming. In China, in the 50s, 15 to 55 million plus people perished one year. In the 50s, millions of people died in farming. Only in China. You're not even collating the rest of the world. The world has come through every prophetic declaration that Christ spoke about. Hallelujah. In India today, 7,000 people die daily through farming. 7,000. Since the time you woke up to the time you go to bed, 7,000 people would have died in India alone due to related 
famine issues. And it was because Christ prophesied it was going to happen. He also spoke, he also spoke in the verses 10 and 11 that, and many shall be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Many shall be what? Offended. And will betray one another and will hate one another. We have come into a season where betrayal and treachery from the house of God is going to happen because Christ also said it. And that is why the extra oil will be able to differentiate those who who will hate and be offended and will be deceived in the last days. And those who run will stand for Christ during his coming. Hallelujah. You, we, you and I are being prepared for the coming of Christ. The whole aspect of the gospel from Genesis to Revelation prepares us for, sal- for salvation and the coming of Christ. That is the essence of the gospel of Christ Jesus. Nothing else, no doctrine is, is as important as salvation and being ready for the coming of Christ. We can have different understanding in doctrines. We might have different interpretation. Uh, Homiletics, exegesis, all the justice. Everything that there's, uh, the scholars and the PhD people, like uh, our man of God here, and my husband will break it down. It's not as important as you and I understanding that the most important thing is salvation and being prepared for the coming of Christ. If you don't know anything at all, get yourself ready. If you are not saved, be saved. If you are saved, every aspect of your life must be geared towards keeping yourself holy and righteous so that when Christ comes, that extra oil that will take you there, you will have the extra oil so that when he comes, you will not be the one to be left behind. Because the end times, listen, if I'm going to break down what is going to happen in the end times, according to Daniel and, and, and Revelation, we will not, you and I will be so scared, you will not even go out of this room. But I want us to understand that God is preparing a church for himself, a bride without spot and blemish. This extra oil is for you to be without spot and blemish. And the Bible is saying to us in Matthew that many will be offended. Uh, about ooh, 25 years ago, this wonderful man of God called Rick Joyner wrote a prophetic book. He had a series of revelations about a church. God took him to heaven. God showed him the things to happen. And um, he said one of the most important aspect of the book. I tell you, I was so touched by the book. At about, about 50 or 60, I gave every pastor I know, I knew then one. Because I didn't want any pastor to miss it. If the pastor misses, the church will miss it. If the blind leads the blind, they will all fall into a pit. I tell you something, there is no time to pray for your pastors. There is no time to pray for your pastors than this season now you, you and I find ourselves. Because you want to pray that that extra oil that you need, the pastors in this house will have so much more so that they can lead you in paths of righteousness for God's name's sake. Hallelujah. Amen. 
And in the book, where Jonah said that, he saw hordes of demons. Millions, uncountable hordes of demons. And these demons were riding on white horses. And so he asked the Lord, why are these filthy, horrible things riding on white horses? And he said to him, those white horses are believers. In the last days, in the end times, the devil's agenda is to use Christians against Christians. It's to use the body of Christ against each other. Haven't we seen it especially in the past few weeks about elections? How even Christians are praying that other Christians die because they don't support the same parties? You are quiet. Am I lying? Christians are cursing other Christians. They are cursing from the president to everyone. Listen. Why is the body of Christ divided? Because of politics. Did a politician die for the body of Christ? Did any human being, apart from Jesus Christ, our great shepherd, who died for you, why would you want other people dead? Because Christ has said many shall be offended. The spirit of offense has come. And it's looking for believers. Because you see, if an unbeliever, an unbeliever offends you, you won't take it serious. But if it's a believer, a brother or a sister who hurts you, the devil knows it's more painful than somebody you know hasn't got any understanding of what the body of Christ or what Christianity is all about. And so watch out. Jesus is saying to us that in the last days, many are going to be offended. Christians are going to be offended. They will hate and they will betray one another. But I know that for those of us that are part of this assembly, for those of us who are hearing this gospel, for those of us who are part of this conference, who are here to prepare themselves for that extra oil, we will be exempted from every offense, from every betrayal, and from every hate in the mighty name of Jesus. Listen, the season that we find ourselves it's not those nice times that you pray five minutes and you are comfortable. The enemy is at your door. Sometimes not even at your door. Standing right next to you. Waiting for an opportunity to take you down. One word from somebody can make you so angry you forget that you are a child of God. One action from somebody can make you so wounded you forget that you are a child of God. Extra oil will not come to those who are offended and hating and betraying. You won't have it. The reason why I decided to go to chapter 24 is to get us get rid of every baggage, everything that will prevent us from having that extra oil. Because until we have understanding of the season that we find ourselves, that the enemy is after us, He's after you and I to destroy. He came according to John 10, 9. That he came to kill, to destroy, and to steal. He will steal your salvation before you can say Jack. Many are living as though there is no tomorrow. Many are living as though they are not even believers. I realized in the past few years that God gave me the burden 
for the body of Christ that these demonic spirits of pornography, adultery, and fornication is... <laughs> Christians who are courting and they are sleeping together is, is, is like, after all, we're going to get married. And they have forgotten that God has said, them that do such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Are we we just Christians because we want to feel that we belong to a church? Or are we Christians because we want to prepare ourselves to meet our, our Savior? Christians, pornography is the biggest catch in the body of Christ. When you go on school platforms, porn... Christians are posting pornography as though there is no tomorrow. And they think it's fun. Nobody has told them that porn is evil. Many die. Many are raped. Many are killed because of pornography. Sex trafficking. Now men are sleeping with children. Children between the age... Of three and nine, thirty percent of the porn industry is the children trafficked sexually are between the ages of three and nine. Thirteen percent of children in the porn industry between the ages of three and nine. Men sleeping with children, and from ten to fourteen. 23%. And Christians are going on this dark webs watching how children are raped. And then somebody said to me, Oh, no, you did this. What happened to songs of song, songs which is Solomon? Is there a more romantic chapter to spruce your marriage than songs of songs? Everything that you need to spruce your marriage is in scripture. Everything that you need, pornography will take you to hell. Because those who indulge in it, eventually their wives will not be enough for them. They will go after other flesh. Men sleeping with men, women sleeping with women, because people are indulging in pornography. Adultery. One, one very good friend of ours said he went out with his friends after church for lunch. And whilst they were eating, the rest of the friends were asked, Oh, now would you need dessert? Also, I'm watching my height. Like Pastor Eunice would say, Pastor Sister Mommy, watch my height. He's watching his weight. He says, No, 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 no. We're not talking about food. Don't you have any dessert? And he was getting confused. He says, I don't eat dessert. And they said, they said no, he doesn't get it. One of them said, tell him what we meant. And, they, and what they meant was that, do you have an extra, somebody apart from your wife? Don't you like to indulge with somebody outside your matrimony? He says, and these people were elders of the church. Elders of the church. They were not ordinary church members. 
This were the creme de la creme of that assembly my friend belongs to. And they said they had desserts. And it was fun. Listen, Christ is coming soon. If he talked about wars and rumors of wars, if he talked about earthquakes, famine and pestilence, pestilence is pandemic. The pandemic is here. According to some scientists and some prophets, this COVID-19 is just pre pre I status. The the COVID nineteen year 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 after three over three hundred thousand in the US, over seventy thousand in um in, in the UK, over hundred thousand in, in, in Brazil and counting. What's all your pray? The real stuff is coming. And last week in England, they said they found a new strand, a new mutation. The COVID-19 suddenly is changing. Uh, Prophet Sandu said, what is coming in 2021 and 22, we haven't seen anything as horrible in the history of humanity, in terms of diseases. Listen, everything that Christ has said is coming to pass. And you and I better believe that. It is important, it is expedient for us to walk worthy of Him. So that that extra oil we will not miss. You have to know and understand that the times and the seasons that we are in, the enemy is after you. Not just your body to kill, but your soul to destroy he wants to take Christians to hell. And that is why he wants you to be offended easily. There are people in church. Oh my goodness. After grace. After grace. Before grace. They have their handbags. They are going. And Mr. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to touch anybody. I don't want anybody to offend me. They don't say hi to anybody. They are part of the body of Christ. They, they are called. We call them the untouchables. Because one step, they will destroy the whole church by it. If the pastor preaches a message that relates to them a little bit, they will leave church because the pastor has talked about them. They can't take any corrections. And these are the people who will easily be offended, betray one another, and hate one another. And I believe that by the mercies of God, you and I will be prepared not to come into the same category of this Offenders, betrayers, and haters. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is the most prophetic word you will see for the year. Yes. This is it. Hallelujah. The Bible says that and many shall be deceived it will be very easy for people to be deceived. There is so much doctrine. There hasn't been so much doctrine in the, in the body of Christ, divisive, destructive doctrines as the times and the season that we find ourselves. Some said it's not important to fast. Some said it's not important to pray in tongues. Some said it is not important to live a holy life because 
We are the righteousness of God. One of man of God says, I don't preach about sin. God called me to encourage people. So he has the biggest church in the U.S. People go there because they will never hear a word that tells them, don't sin. They will never hear any scripture that encourages them to live a holy life. He says it's an encourager. Encourager for success, prosperity and increase. Not encourager to move away from sin. And so he's raising the people who have no understanding of the end times. Who have no understanding of the coming of Christ. All they wait for is the next pocket, the, um, the, the next business venture, the many making money, riding in the best cars, the biggest this and the biggest that. That is all they are interested in. Not working or living a life that is suitable and that is holy and acceptable to God. And I want us to understand this. If we would have that extra oil, I will emphasize this until tomorrow. We have to look at these things. Hallelujah. And decide in ourselves that the enemy will not have us in these end times. But we will stand strong for our king and for his coming in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Deception. I know I have checked a family members who began with us as Christians. Now they've joined the occult. Now they've joined people, all the false prophets who say, bring your knickers and I'll pray over your knickers. You know, they've joined people who, who are saying that bring a pregnant woman and tomorrow morning they will have uh, lots of money in your bathtub. They want, they want, they are listening to people who are causing them to be evil, to, I mean, to say, if you want me to steal money from your uh, family members abroad, just bring them their photos. And I told one family member of mine, they said, hey, for you call. How can you think like that? Just in case. We all started in the same church, Transia. When I went abroad, she was in action. Jericho, I will them. Every time, suddenly, he's joined this man, bring your knickers and all that. Mr. Bodam. But you see, these things are happening because people are getting very greedy. It's the spirit of avarice. They want more than what God has for them. They, are, they can't wait to be rich today. They want so much that they will do anything. Why people are killing one another? Why Christians are cursing other Christians politically? It's because they know that when this politician come, they will have more. Yes. They don't vote because God has told them that this is the one I want for this season. If God wants you out, he will take you out even before the election starts. And if God wants you to stay, he will keep you in even before the election starts. And so all we have to do as believers is to pray knowing the will of God, who, we, who God wants to be in power for the time and the season that we find ourselves. Because I tell you, leaders have impact. 
Leaders have influence. If you have the wrong leader, he will lead you into destruction. If you have good leaders, who care? Your families, you and I will be blessed and will have a peaceful nation. Hallelujah. And so it's not about politics, it's about the will of God. So stop cursing other people because they don't support what you support. If you are a child of God and you open your mouth and you curse another Christian, may God forgive you, repent. Other than that, that curse comes about to you. Because every curse, Bible says anyone who curses you shall be cursed. You don't want to be at the receiving end. You don't want the curse that you send to boomerang back to you. Because God will do it if you don't repent. Hallelujah. We want to come to a place where our lights will shine. Because we are the salt and light. The world is looking for a people who are standing strong and true to what they say they believe in. I, I, I think, I read somewhere, that, uh, uh, somewhere we said that um, Mahatma Gandhi said he would, have, he would have loved to follow the Jesus in the Bible until he went to church. And then he got discouraged. This is a man that has led be over 1.3 billion people into Hindu worship. And this man could have been a Christian who would have led the same 1.3 billion into Christianity. Because he went to church and the Christians, they were false, they were bitter, they, were, they didn't care about other people. And so the man got discouraged and he went to worship a Hindu god. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, everything that we do will impact the other person. You think, it is my life, I do what I like. But I can assure you of one thing. God is counting on you and I to set the stage for his coming. God is counting on I for you and I to stand for his coming. God is counting on I for you and I to decree and declare that we are a chosen people, a set-aside people, a holy generation, hallelujah, royal priesthoods, people that God has to turn the whole world upside down. Because you see, this same chapter talks about the fact that Jesus says, and the gospel shall be reached, shall be preached as a witness to all men. Who is going to preach the gospel as a witness to all men? It is you and I. You and I with our lives. You and I with our testimonies. You and I with the way that we live. is going to preach somebody as a witness. You and, your life is going to be a witness. My life is going to be a witness. We have to come to the place to understand that. That chapter 24 is important if we will overcome the enemy in chapter 25. Hallelujah. The Lord has said, he prophesied about the season that we find ourselves. When the disciples wanted to know what was coming. Because you see, even at the time of Christ, the disciples thought that if Christ goes, it will not take two or three minutes, God bless you, um, uh, for Christ to return. Even in, our day, in their days, they were still looking for the second coming of Christ. So they lived as though Christ was coming tomorrow. We should live as though Christ is coming today. Because he said that 
and the time and the season for his coming, nobody knows. Because he will come like a thief. Listen. Dearly beloved, this conference has been put together for you and I to take stock like Reverend Emmanuel said. To take stock, to look at our lives from January to December. Examine ourselves and see where we've missed it. God has preserved your life. COVID-19 didn't kill you. Cancer didn't kill you. Capricorn didn't kill you. Eh? Typhoid, yellow fever, all the horrible disease, malaria. Malaria kills people more than COVID-19. Do I lie? Malaria has killed more people in the tropical nations than what COVID-19 will do. But God, in his love for you and I, has preserved us. And he has preserved us so that we can take the gospel of Christ Jesus and tell others that it is possible to be able to stand and having done all to stand. Hallelujah. Christ coming will not take any member of covenant family by surprise. Because by the end of the conference, we'll be filling our oils daily in prayer, daily in the study of the word of God, daily in fellowship, daily in our relationship and winning souls. Our oils will be filled, our, our lamps will be trimmed daily. Because I tell you something, as we stand, sometimes I get scared planning five years ahead. Because I, my favorite, preacher, my favorite prayer is, come quickly Lord Jesus. I've been praying this prayer for about 10 years. Come quickly. Because I want him to come quickly. What is in this world that I want so bad that I don't want to go to heaven? What is in this, what is in this world that you want so bad that you don't want to go to heaven? What is, what is in the flesh? What is the, in the, the curse of life? The pride of life? What is in the last of the flesh? What is in the body? What is in the system? What is in this world that is so precious that you want to miss heaven? You and I will not miss heaven because there is nothing as precious as being in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have come to a place, a season in our lives where it is so unpredictable. And I think we have been set up by God. When I think about COVID-19, for as much as I see evil, I tell you, I see evil. I also see God. I see God trying to shake the dust of his people. Trying to use this sickness to cause us to sit up and to acknowledge that without him we can do nothing. And to appreciate his greatness. And to appreciate his protection and his faithfulness. And also to appreciate above all his holiness. Hallelujah. Because I tell you, I've seen holy people, more righteous people suffering with COVID-19. One of my very, very good friends, the wife came over here to bury his, her dad. She came back two days ago. She wasn't feeling well. She went to the doctor. She's got it. They have a five-year-old child and a two-year-old child. And so the contact tracing was such that they have to go and test as well. The husband tested positive. 
the children also. This is my, my prayer partner. He calls me Refua. I haven't suffered in my chest. I haven't been in pain like I've been. This is a man I can swear. He's a righteous man. This is a man I can swear he's raising his children up after the fear of the Lord. And he said, oh Lord, how did it happen to my good friend? When he says, I am struggling to breathe, I feel the pain. When he says, I am my children, or I watch my children and say, Lord, I don't want to die and leave my children. I feel his pain. But you are sitting down. I am sitting here. And it's like, it passes by. Is it because you are more righteous? No. But God is warning us. If it happened to that man, it can happen to you and I at any time. One wonderful woman of God that I know. You know when we are coming, we do the test in England. 170 pounds. We'll get to the airport, we'll do another 120. By the time you get into your car at the airport, about 300 pounds. Okay. Covert test. Negative, negative. Two days in this country, positive. Aha, yalbani nyibi, binyihano, okafawehi. Negative in England, negative at Kotoka, positive here. There's a wind that is blowing. And this wind is very indiscriminately. Naturally. Indiscriminately. Only. Which one? Onyum anointing. Onyum sofo. Onyum church member. Also reba. I tell you something. Paul is for me to live is die. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If your life is right, whatever happens to you, you know you've been in the bosom of your God. Hallelujah. And this is the attitude God wants us to come into. That our lives will be so preserved. Our lives will be so together in Christ. That whatever happens to us, we are ready for it. Hallelujah. I'm not saying be ready for COVID-19. No. We are ready for whatever the enemy will throw against us. Because our hearts are pure. You understand what I'm saying? That chapter 24 is preparing us for a, a, a heart that is pure. Without offense. Without hatred and betrayal or deception above all. The greatest weapon of the enemy in this end time is the spirit of deception. He can deceive you. Suddenly you don't like anybody. Suddenly you hate everybody. Everybody is a witch. Everybody is evil. Everybody is this and that. You don't want to come to church because you might shake the hands of a witch. You don't want to... The enemy can deceive you. Even your own shadow, you begin to fear your own shadow. Because the enemy doesn't want the believer to enjoy the goodness and the, and the faithfulness and the joy of the Lord. We have come into the season of great joy. COVID-19 or no COVID-19, this is the season of goodwill towards all men. We are believers. The goodwill of God is towards us. Hallelujah. The glory 
It's to God in the highest, but on earth, it is goodwill towards us. And I want us to understand that God loves us. And he wants us to be ready. So that when he comes, we'll be ready for him. In the name of Jesus. Dearly beloved, tomorrow we'll talk about chapter 25. About the ten virgins. This is all about ten virgins. When you talk about ten virgins, sometimes you want to think they are women. Baby, it's, it's a feminine setting because the bridegroom is Jesus. But it's talking about the church of God. We're going to talk about how you, you and I as a Christian can build ourselves in, the, in our most holy faith in the name of Jesus so that when Christ comes, he will not say to us, I don't know you. And then, on the third day, we'll talk about your influence in the marketplace. Because Jesus said, the gospel shall be preached to all nations as a witness. And in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said to us, go into the whole world and preach the gospel. The word world there is in Greek, cosmos. And cosmos is the systems of this world. We're going to look at how we can influence the systems of this world. Because there are seven mountains. Eh? There are seven mountains. And the Bible says in the book of Micah, that the mountain of God shall be exalted above other, all other mountains. The mountain of education, health, economy, religion, um, what else? Media and arts, etc. We want to see how every one of us can influence all these mountains so that the mountain of God can be exalted above them all. Hallelujah. So these three days, we're going to have a feast. We're going to have a feast in the presence of God. And dearly beloved, I don't want you to miss it. I want you to bring your friends because God has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He wants to anoint our heads with oil that our calves will run over. Our calves, our anointing will run over. We'll have so much oil that nothing will be able to face us in the name of Jesus as we stand boldly and courageously before the enemy and tell them you cannot take me out because greater is he who is in me than the devil in the world. You can only do that if your life is acceptable before God. And you and I want to be standing here 2021 December singing Yabotu Ebenezer Onyamina Dumarakwa Kaino Yamia Yamanu Nafandasi Banu Yabotu Um uh, this Ebenezer song um this far has this oh there's another one Yamia Yanabo do he Benizah Yami Naduma Rakwa Hallelujah. We want to sing that song on 24, 21st, that was the 28th December 2021. Because we will say to one another, This far has the Lord brought us. Amen. This far has the Lord brought us. And it will not be because of how much only we pray. But how much would live a life that is holy and acceptable to God. We are preparing ourselves, ladies and gentlemen, for the coming of our King. And there's no greater joy. You see, me, I had a lot to give up when I gave my life to Christ. So the first experience that I had, God took me to heaven. 
I was only two months old in the Lord. The baggage I was carrying, even 60 years old, I was only 18. I gave my life to Christ on my 18th birthday. But my baggage was more than a 60 year old who has lived, has lived or 70 year old. And God had to tell me, show me his goodness so that I can give up the things that held me bound. And when he took me to heaven, he showed me my mansion. And I've said to God, I've said I've made a vow to him. Whatever happens to this little girl, help me to get to that house that you showed me in heaven. Because when God says he has prepared mansions, if you haven't seen it, I have. And it is true. And we have to do everything in our power. And it's not about how much money you have, how much influence you have, how much uh, houses or cars. I tell you something, especially in Ghana, in Africa, if you don't have a car, nobody respects you. I go to one, I go to one man of God's uh, father's funeral and some of the men of God that I fraternized with before we left for England, they were coming with some hard uh, uh, three V8s, I mean two in front of them and they were sitting in one. Yeah. Uh, uh, some hard casa. Uh, uh, and I took Uber to the place. And when we finished the funeral, they said all the men of God should come into the reception area. And you would have thought that those who sat in that corner as men and women of God, they they were looking at those that, the shoguns. And they took, they said, Listen. Hallelujah. We brought nothing into this world and we will take nothing with us. Cars. Houses. I had a father, when he was coming home, he brought money in boxes, not in briefcases, in boxes. And all those years in the house, I never enjoyed any of the monies. He won't give me. So God trained me to see money and not enjoy. So now I am content. Whether I have or I don't have, I am happy. Listen. This is my own English, right? You know I say I have. So whether I have or I don't have, I'm content. You and I must be content. If you have food and raiment, we're talking about it before we got here. Paul says, having food and raiment, we have to learn to be content. He didn't even add houses to it. God has blessed you with a one bedroom, one room. Be happy. Because our Savior didn't have anywhere to lay down his head. You and I have a place with a fan. Some of us have air conditions in our rooms. Cool air. Jesus didn't have any cool air. But he was faithful to the end. You have to be content. You and I have to be content. Because Christ is coming. Those who have the millions and the billions, they died and they left it behind for those who didn't struggle to enjoy it. If you have whatever you have, 
Dedicate that thing to God. Because I tell you something. The place in heaven, the streets are made up of gold. You haven't seen wealth. You haven't seen riches. Until God opens your eyes to see the beauty of heaven. And where he's taking you and I. And I want you to stand. And having done all, stand. Because our king is coming soon. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's stand on our feet. Hallelujah. It is a time of rededication. We're going to surrender our will to God. And the yard today we've heard. When the one way, the one way, the one way, this song says, I surrender all to you. Everything I gave to you. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Yeah, but two sides you were yashia radiant with young. Yeah, you surrender all. We surrender all. Oh, everything, no, yeah. Everything, Lord, I gave. I gave to you. Oh, my God, withholding nothing. Jesus, withholding nothing. I give it up. Whatever holds your life, anything that keeps you in bondage, the Bible says it was for freedom that Christ came to set us free. That will no longer be subject to any yoke of bondage. Release yourself. In the next 60 seconds, it's a rising, withholding nothing. Help me, Lord. Mama Maskinu Hodu Kasa. He said, Razi, I surrender all. 
I will not be offended. I will not betray. I will not hate. The devil will not ride on my back. I will not be an agent of the devil's destruction. I will not give myself as a weapon of destruction to the enemy. For the enemy to use me against fellow believers. Catch a razi. Me ma obun samu kwan. No on use In siyami yanku. O kristo yi. Catch a razi. Let me hear you speak. Please speak. 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 Tell him. Tell him. Everything I gave to you. Oh Jesus. Oh we hold it up to Oh Jesus. With holy nothing. Oh yeah. With holy nothing. With holy nothing. Oh nothing will hold me back. With holy nothing. With holy nothing. Oh with holy nothing. First John chapter 2 verse 24 says therefore let that abide in you which you had from the beginning if what you had from the beginning abides in you you'll be able to abide in the son and in the father and this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life these things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you God says that the enemy will try to deceive us. But the things that we heard from the beginning, the repentance from dead works, baptisms, the laying on of hands, and the resurrection, the very foundation that you had, if you hold on to them, the enemy will not be able to deceive you. Jesus. There is the destruction of morality. It is coming from the church. It is coming from government. It is coming from the systems. Sin is okay. But you say, no, it is not okay. As far as I am concerned, I will not allow the destruction of, the, of morality to influence my life in the name of Jesus. Bribery and corruption. Greed. I will not be found wanting in this area. Africa is rife with bribery. They want to take the monies before they do the work. The work they are paid to do. That is corruption. That is bribery. This church, everyone at the sound of my voice, you would going to decide that I will not succumb to bribery. I will wait. After I've done my job, somebody decides to say thank you. I will take it. If not, I am thankful because I'm paid for the job I do. In the name of Jesus, I will not be corrupted by anyone. And I will not corrupt anyone. In the name of Jesus. God is coming. Christ is coming. And the parable of the unfaithful servant and his master is happening. As God has prophesied that it will happen. So be ready. For we do not know the time and the season of our Savior's 
return. Amen. So the Lord bless you. The Lord strengthen you. And cause you to overcome every weight and sin. That so easily besets you. May the Lord equip you with grace. May his divine power come upon you. That you will be able to withstand all the wiles of the evil one. And having done all to stand in the, mind, in the name of Jesus. The name that is above every other name. Even the matchless name of Yeshua HaMashiach, our soon coming King. Amen. Amen. And I receive the man of God.